Welcome to another episode of the Pre-Roll Takes Podcast. I'm A. Hindi, and I'm here with my boy Christian. And today, we're going to be discussing our opinions on the MLB season so far. We're also going to be talking about our top five sports movies of all time. And we're also going to be discussing the end of the NBA regular season. We've got a lot to talk about, and I'm really excited for this. We hope you all enjoy. This week, we're going to be talking about our opinions on the MLB season so far. Most teams are about 20 games into the season, give or take a few. I think we've got a lot to talk about. There's been a lot of things happening in this season so far. Yeah, I mean, this season has been extremely exciting so far. There's been a lot of teams at the top of the divisions that we didn't expect. There's a a lot of players that are outperforming what we thought they were going to be doing, too, and... There's a lot of new names out there that not a lot of people may have known about. It's it's a very interesting season so far. Interesting to say the least. You got teams that we didn't even have in the playoff picture leading their divisions. You got teams somehow who we didn't expect to maintain their success, maintaining their success and overperforming that past success. Uh, one team I really want to talk about is the Oakland, Oakland Athletics. Alex, bro, how are they on like how are they playing this well after starting 0 and 6? Yeah, after their pretty bad start, I think winning 13 games in a row is a pretty good way to overcome how they started and it's been pretty crazy to see how they've come around. I mean, winning 13 games in a row is a very hard feat in any sport. Yeah, I'm pretty surprised to see how their offense has picked up after that slow start. I was really expecting that to see them take a hit losing Marcus Simeon uh, with him going to the Blue Jays. Honestly, though, they're as hot as they've ever been. I know they've had plenty of hot streaks, but this is the best thing to do to cap off a season. You just correct your mistakes quick, and you dominate early, get that lead early, and now I just want to see if they can maintain it. They've got a lot of a couple of other good teams in their division. Uh, uh, really excited to see if the Astros will pick up once fully healthy, and I want to see if the Angels can sustain this, uh, I would say, good baseball that they're playing right now. Yeah, the Angels were one of the teams that I was very high on to begin the season, and what they're doing at the beginning of the year, I mean, you have two potential MVPs on the team right now. Mike Trout doing his usual business, leading the league at 426 right now in average, top two in the entire league and home runs, and you got Shohei Otani over here doing stuff we haven't seen since Babe Ruth, which is quite literally insane. It's really cool to see a two-way player now, and watching Otani play the other night, he was batting second and pitching. It It's just so unique, and I hope he can sustain his health this whole year, and we can see an entire year out of him, because he's already hit seven home runs and he's pitching phenomenal i i just absolutely love what i'm seeing from the angels right now what's scary is that otani is he's only going to get more and more experience in the mlb and get better he's definitely going to develop more as a pitcher he's going to mature as a hitter and considering considering where he's at he he's got potential to be like one of the best players in the world like one of the top three and like you just said, Mike Trout being Mike Trout, that team, I think, has the pieces offensively. I hope to see that their pitching can somehow sustain 
or do well enough to carry them into the playoff seed. Yeah, I mean, that division is going to be extremely tough. And it looks like it may be a four-team race if the Mariners can sustain what they're doing. But there's just one other team that has just completely shocked me this year, and that's the San Francisco Giants. They're 15-8 and eight this far, and I don't really think anyone expected them to be this hot to start the year. They're overshadowing the Padres right now. I know the Padres are playing good baseball as well, they're two and a half games behind the the San Francisco Giants, who are tied with the Dodgers at the top. I just that was probably the last thing I was expecting from this season. The Giants do have like a good mix of vets and young players, but for them to be playing this well without really any superstar names, um, people, a couple players who were very good but are past their prime, I'm shocked. Yeah, the Dodgers they started out thirteen and two. And then went 2-6, and six, and that's helped all the other teams catch up to them, and it kind of brought them back down to earth from their very hot start. But they're still definitely the top dog in this division, and, and I'm really enjoying this Dodgers and Padres rivalry that's going on. I don't know if y'all watched this past series this weekend, but it was just absolutely insane, and Toddies went absolutely off. Hitting five home runs in three games, this is a good sign that Tatis's shoulder is feeling just fine. The competitiveness in this series has been the most entertaining thing this for me this season. All games are just close. Playoff atmosphere. Teams, teams taking the lead late in the game constantly back and forth. You got Tatis hitting five dingers, man. I can't believe it. It's the start of the season. Just just imagine when the playoffs do come around, if they do run into each other. Yeah, that would be an epic series, and I can't wait to see that if that does happen eventually later on this year. But another team that's had kind of a historical start, in a sense, is the Milwaukee Brewers. And Christian, what do you think about this Corbin Burns guy? I don't know if you'll like this, but looking like Greg Maddox in the flesh. <laughs> Facts. Nah, but seriously, starting off this season with this much dominance on the mound, uh, with this much control on the mound, I'm pretty sure it's like 49 strikeouts now with no walks. He's really setting the tone for the, him himself and the rest of the rotation, who's they're also doing well. I I think that considering the division they're in, if they can hold on to this, they've got it. Like they might have a lock. Yeah, that's I think way too early to call. We're only like twenty <laughs> games into the season, but hey man, I'm a, I'm a man of hot takes. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, it's all good, but it's just too early to call it at this point. But, I mean, you got a team like the Pirates who's in second place right now. I mean, they're not going to be there at the end of the year. And the Cubs had a very slow start, and they're picking it back up. But I, I'm i just really interested to see what the Cardinals are going to be doing the rest of the year. They've kind of had an iffy start. That big trade bringing Nolan Arenado over from Colorado looks like it's actually going to pay off so far. Nolan Arenado's still hitting bombs left and right. And then another team that I'm – 
kind of had higher expectations for is the Reds. They were supposed to have one of the better starting rotations this year, and they've kind of been lacking in that department this year. Yeah, it's a complete 180 from what we've seen or what we saw the first couple of games of the season. They were red hot, and now they're 3-7 and seven in their past 10 games. I don't know. I'm a, I don't really have high hopes for the Reds at this point. As for the Cardinals, though, they're playing 500 baseball. I know Nor- Nolan Arenado is playing well. They've got some good pieces, but they could they could possibly make a push for uh, to play better baseball. But these are one of the teams that I don't know if I can take fully serious yet. I really just need to wait and see more from the Cardinals to really have more of a solid opinion on them, though. Like we've been saying, it's it's just too early. Yeah, it's way too early to call anything, and there's 140 games or something like that left in the season. Another team that I think a lot of people are very disappointed in right now, and Christian, I hate to say this, but it's your New York Yankees. Can you tell, can you tell me what's going on with your Yankees right now? They're playing with no soul right now. That's what it is. Like, there's flashes that we see, like, hey, um, we're seeing improvements. And then they go ahead and lose to the Orioles to get last place again in the AL East. It's really frustrating. It's considering that we have, we definitely have the pieces. We may be a little short-handed on the rotation, but I don't think short-handed enough to be doing this bad. I, I really don't know. I'm just not seeing, I'm not seeing just like a, a real strive to win from a lot of these guys. Yeah, when it comes to y'all's offense, I mean, y'all have a very great offense, and the pitching's there too. Y'all have a great bullpen. It's, I just think y'all are off to a slow start. Everything's going to pick up. I mean, like we've been saying, it's early. And losing a game to the Orioles here and there ain't going to hurt. It's It's not that bad, but... I mean, the Red Sox up there at number one right now. They're 14-9. and They started out 0-3, then won nine straight in a row. I mean, they've, they've really exceeded their expectations, in my opinion. I did not think they were going to do that well. Their starting rotation had question marks. But they're getting Chris Sale back soon, one of the top pitchers in all of baseball. So... Adding him back and the way they're playing offense right now, they definitely could sustain that one or two spot all all season long and either get the division or one of those wild card spots. As one of my good friends Jason has said and keeps saying, it's the Alex Cora effect. I really wasn't expecting them to be this good at the start. Uh, their offense has proven to be not good, but great so far, and... I think it I think it's something that's maintainable for them because as long as these guys can stay healthy, I don't really see them like taking a 180 to the with this like hot start anytime soon. Obviously mid-season slumps will come. That's just a part of the game, but I think if they can hold on, they could really be a sleeper team uh come playoff time. Still too early. Yeah, the Red Sox are looking pretty good to start the year, but and yeah, I mean, the Blue Jays were one of those teams that I was pretty high on to begin the year, and they're below 500 right now, just one game. And not having George Springer is definitely going to impact their lineup, but 
Vladimir Guerrero Jr. has been off to an unbelievable start this year. Yeah, Vladimir Guerrero Jr. really starting to show us why he was the number one prospect in baseball, why he's Vladimir Guerrero's son. This man is a pure hitter. He's got great pop, consistent high exit velocities. I think he's going to blossom to be one of the best hitters in the league after. And it's good to see this after all the slander he was getting for either being overweight at moments, which he was, or just being overrated. I never thought he was overrated. I think he needed to get acclimated, and I'm glad to see that he has. Another young guy that's really tearing up the league, you got Ronald Acuna Jr. on your Atlanta Braves. So far, he's playing like he can be the NL MVP this season. He's got all the tools. I'm really excited to see what the future holds for him. What do you think about this season, though, for you guys, and considering how close your division is? Yeah, I mean, the division's really close. It's going to be close the entire season. I think it's going to be a four-team race. But for the Braves, it's kind of been a roller coaster type season to begin the year. I mean, we had bright spots. We have very, very dark spots, like last Sunday when we had one hit in two games combined. It's not very good, if you didn't know that. But a bunch of people are starting to pick it up here. And I think that our pitching is really what is hurting us right now. Our starting rotation is not very good. Nowhere close to where it was last year. Max Reed's hurt. Drew Smiley was hurt. Came back. Horrible. Had a horrible start. And our bullpen hasn't been the greatest either. But like we've been saying, it's early in the year. It's, I'm glad it's happening right now and not later on in the season when it's going to matter. Yeah, for sure. It's it's good to see what needs to be worked on early, get on top of the issue. Uh, you'd rather have it be bad now than have it fall apart in August, September. One team that I had high hopes for, and they're sort of maintaining these high hopes, uh, the Philadelphia Phillies. I've seen that they've been playing some solid baseball. Uh, Bryce Harper, I think, having another underrated season. Bryce Harper being one of the most unliked players by fans consistently gets uh, slept on due to all the hate he gets. A lot of people think that just because he's not matching his 2015 MVP season, and honestly, he's far from it because that was a very underrated season in the past few years of Major League history. He's just, he's been better than what people make him out to be, and the Phillies them as well this season I think that they can if they can maintain this I think that they could actually make some noise in the playoffs yeah the Phillies are playing a lot better than I thought they were going to be at the beginning of the year they swept us at the beginning of the year like they've done two out of the three times the past few years and they're just playing good baseball all around but like you said Bryce Harper is having an underrated season he he looks like he's fixed a lot of things he I know he tried to fix a bunch of things on defense and he's already gotten a few outfield assists to help with that this year the Phillies look a lot better than I thought they did I definitely think that they look a lot better than the Mets this year so far the Mets have so many question marks coming into the season they thought they fixed everything with bringing in Lindor it is early in the year like we've been saying but Lindor is batting 214 right now and that's not really what you were hoping coming over from Cleveland. Yeah, I don't know what it is with the Mets, but it just seems like hitters cannot prosper with them. Their pitching has been good, luckily. 
and they still don't even have Carlos Carrasco, who's recovering from that hamstring injury. Jacob DeGrom, uh, showing us why, he, I, in my opinion, he's the best play, pitcher in baseball. But other than that, I just, I I really can't take the Mets serious. I know that they've, they've got, they pulled off some, they pulled some W's, but it doesn't really seem like they're playing good baseball. And I think the trend of their pitching, especially DeGrom lacking run support, I think it's going to continue to happen because I'm really not sold on this offense. Yeah, I'm not sold on the offense either, but I'm loving what I'm seeing out of Jacob DeGrom. I mean, yes, he's in the same division as my team, but you got to respect historical dominance. I mean, he is doing something. He may go down as one of the best pitchers to ever step on a baseball field. Sure, maybe you can't see it translating to team success, but I wouldn't put that on him. The numbers do not lie. Jacob DeGrom is historically great as a pitcher. He has been for the past couple of years now, and that's what we're going to continue to see. He has, in my opinion, mastered the art of pitching. Yeah, I would have to agree with you. He definitely has mastered the art of pitching, and he's doing it beautifully. And one last team that I said earlier this year that was going to be sneaky good is the Royals, and they're out there leading their division right now in the AL Central. And I just think they're not... They're going to be one of those pesky teams all year. They're going to be fighting probably for a wild card spot at the end of the year, maybe. But I I really like what they're doing right now. They have very good offensive pieces. They traded for Andrew Benintendi in the offseason. And who would have thought Danny Duffy would be having a .39 ERA right now? Yeah, I'm curious to see if he can maintain... Keeping a low ERA in general, I obviously doubt that that's going to be that low for an extended period of time. Salvador Perez, the resurgence from him, it's been amazing. He had a solid 2020, and he's picking up from where he left off this season so far. Um, Making an argument, in my opinion, honestly, as the best catcher in the league. His name hasn't been in the conversation the past few years, but... He's really, especially offensively, he's he's exceeding a lot of expectations. Yeah, Salvador Perez is really shocking a lot of people this year. Everyone thought he was starting to regress, and he's picked right off where he came from last year, and he's absolutely going off. But one team in that division that I think a lot of people are disappointed in is the Twins right now. They're sitting down there tied with the worst record in baseball right now with their other division opponent, the Tigers. But I don't think we thought they would start this bad. I agree 100%. I don't know what it is because the Twins, past couple of seasons, I'm pretty sure they've been setting records for home runs in a season. And that's just, they've been doing that through playing consistently solid baseball. I haven't seen them have a stretch this bad ever since their offense has picked up like that, and their pitching has just not been good either. It's I don't know what to expect from them. I'm I do expect them to not play this bad for this like for much longer, but anything can happen. I don't mind if they keep playing this bad. That's just one less team that the Yankees might have to worry about if they, they can pick it up. <laughs> no, I feel you on that. To be honest. I don't think that they're going to be playing that bad all year long and it is the beginning of the season and they'll start to figure things out. They have an an incredible lineup with tons of power. Their pitching 
is solid, not the best, but this division is very strong, and they still have the White Sox in there, who look strong this year. Their pitching looks very good. Carlos Rendon the other day threw a no-hitter. I just, this is just one of my favorite teams this year, and they're having success to start the year, and it's nice to see. I know we're seeing the Kansas City Royals uh, sitting at the top right now, but I think we can both agree that on paper the White Sox are the best team in the division. Yeah, I would have to agree with you 100% on that. I mean, they they just look like they're well-rounded in everything. They have pitching, they have decent defense, they have very good hitting. It Their bullpen is pretty good. It They just have everything you need to make a deep playoff run in. They're, they look like they're having success at the beginning of the year, and it's going to sustain throughout the entire year. This is They're going to win the division, in my opinion. I know it's early to say that, but that's just what I feel like from what I'm seeing so far. Speaking of sustaining, Cleveland Indians aren't playing as bad as I've expected them to. I don't think they can sustain this, though. Pretty sure that J-Ram has been off to a hot start, but he just really seems like one of the few pieces that can maintain something like that. For this team and uh they're just i don't think they're a team that can be taken serious yeah jram's having a great start but can we talk about what shane bieber's doing i mean this guy he is a strikeout machine he already has 57 strikeouts i think through three or four starts i think it's four starts but i mean i picked him as my al cy young award winner this year and he is living up to expectations and exceeding them Shane Bieber is the perfect example of velocity isn't everything because that guy's stuff is just filthy. The The break that he has on his off-speed pitches, on top of the command he has for them, it's a deadly combination. And Shane Bieber, I know I didn't have him for my AL Cy Young. I could, he could very well be. And for like with an early look in this season so far, I might be leaning on that. Yeah, Shane Bieber is picking up exactly where he left off from last year in his Cy Young season. And if he keeps this up, he may actually put up some historical numbers this year, which will be very cool to see. Yeah, I can't wait to see what he does for the rest of the season, as well as how the rest of the season just plays out in general, because it's been entertaining this year. There's a lot of questions still to be answered. There's things that we expected. There's things that we didn't expect, but... This year is really looking like it's going to be a great one. Yeah, I can't wait to see how the rest of the season turns out. We're very early in the season right now. Not too much can be taken away from the standings right now, but I'm looking forward to the rest of the year. And now it's time for our top five. So for this week's top five, we're going to be giving you guys our top five sports movies of all time. Starting with my number five, I have The Benchwarmers. One of the funniest baseball movies. One of the funniest sports movies of all time. That's all I got to say. If you haven't watched it, you're sleeping. Yeah, I absolutely love that movie. I mean, there's so many good quotes that come out of it. But my number five, it has to be Rookie of the Year. It's one of the movies I grew up on. I probably have seen it over a hundred times. It's honestly just so cool to see how they make a little kid have an injury. And then he turns out to be a big league pitcher after he, he recovers from it. It's just such a cool movie. Yeah, it definitely is. For my number four, though, I have the first Creed movie. I think that 
they i have so much appreciation for the rocky franchise and they tied that plot in so well with the whole rocky franchise and michael b jordan is a great actor yeah you can't go wrong with that but at number four i'd have to put coach carter i mean i've done multiple papers in college on this movie and i can't even tell you how how much deep i've dug into this movie but it's just so good the story behind it and everything I just had to put this movie in my top five. I don't blame you, man. Samuel L. Jackson never fails to disappoint. As for my number three, though, I have Space Jam. I was a big fan of the Looney Tunes as a kid. Them with, in my opinion, the greatest basketball player, one of the greatest athletes ever, Michael Jordan. Those two tied together in one movie can't beat it. Nostalgia, 100%. That's a great movie. But at number three, I have Happy Gilmore. I mean... What more of an iconic movie than this? I mean, anything that has Adam Sandler in it, I just absolutely love. He makes great movies. But, I mean, everyone knows this movie from the golf swing that has come from it. It's just a funny movie, and it takes so many twists in it. And that's why it's so good. Yeah, I was really tempted, honestly, to put Happy Gilmore in the top five. Just very iconic movie. As for my number two, though, I have... One of the most iconic sports movies ever, The Sandlot. Playing baseball as a kid, uh, one of the one of the feelings that very hard to replicate, but The Sandlot does that very well, and it's I will always appreciate it for that. Yeah, great movie, great pick. But at number two, I have Talladega Nights and The Ballad of Ricky Bobby, and I mean this is probably one of the funniest sports movies out there i know there's a not a bunch of will ferrell fans out there but any movie he is in anytime it's on tv i will cut it on and this movie like i said earlier from bench warmers it has so many quotes that you can take from it and it definitely deserves a spot in my top five man people can say what they want i personally agree i think will ferrell is a hilarious actor for my number one movie though i have Rocky, the first one. I think Rocky is very beautifully written. It's what got Sylvester Stallone put on the map. It's just, I think, the epitome of an underdog plot. And it's written beautifully. And it carries over and basically creates a very iconic franchise. And that movie, I can watch that movie anytime, anyplace. It's that iconic to me. Yeah, I don't know how many times I've seen that movie growing up with my dad. I mean, he absolutely loved the Rocky series. But my number one is The Sandlot. Like Christian said earlier when he had it at number two, I mean, this is just every 12-year-old boy's dream is to have it, have something like this. I mean, this is a movie I watched literally probably every day from when I was like five years old, probably till I was like 10 or 11. And my mom can attest to that. She will agree with that statement. She's seen it just about, just about as many times as me, but... This movie is just so iconic. Everyone knows it. And I mean, it's just a clear-cut choice for my number one movie. Not a bad choice. I, I know I had to put it at number two, but don't blame you for putting it at one. Yeah, so that does it for our top five sports movies. Now, these are our top five, so we would also like to hear what y'all's are too. And, and y'all can add us on Twitter at PRT Podcast and let us know what y'all's are and what y'all think about ours. So as the NBA regular season has come to a close, it's a pretty tight race throughout both conferences for that play-in tournament. 
Yeah, you got some pretty notable teams that are in the mix for that. I really do like the idea of this play-in tournament. Um, I know a lot of people are that's new to them. Uh, do you want to go ahead and, ahead and explain it for them? Yeah, so I really like this play-in tournament. And so how it's working is the seven and eight seeds will play a game, and the loser of that game will play the nine, the winner of the nine and ten seed, and then the winner of that game will be have the eight seed. And I just think that is going to make the whole league a little more competitive because it's not just eight teams anymore. And really, every game counts now because you don't want to have to fall into that seven seed and not be guaranteed a playoff spot. Yeah, it's a really interesting concept. The reason I'm a big fan of it is because I think it it makes it that much more competitive to make the playoffs. And considering that this league is as top-heavy as it is now, uh, it's good to bring in some competition for the lower seeds. Uh, it makes it more entertaining. I love it. Yeah, and I mean, speaking of those lower seeds, I mean, right now at number 10 for the Western Conference, we have Golden State Warriors. And we all know what they've been recently, but they're not what they were. But Steph Curry is absolutely playing out of his mind right now. And we are just absolutely seeing something historical this past month from him i told my friend this i don't know if this is too much of a hot take this stretch of basketball from steph curry alone has moved him up a spot one or two on my all-time list some of the greatest basketball that i've witnessed i would really consider him for the mvp if his team was a higher seed i know that team success is really important for the mvp conversation but steph curry is clear-cut playing the best basketball in the league at least for the past good stretch of games. Yeah, and it's going to be interesting to see if they can move up a couple spots or if they're going to fall back down to that 10 spot because where the standings at are right now, they're four games up on the Pelicans from that 11 spot. But if you look at seed 6 through 10, I mean, they're all they're all by two games. And that's exactly, I think, what the NBA was looking for. And... It's just going to make these last few games of the season just so much more exciting. And to see if the Mavericks at six right now will stay there or see where they fall. Yeah, I mean, I do think that of teams that are in the mix in the Western Conference for that playing tournament, I think the Mavericks are the best team there. I could really see them just holding on to that six spot and not having to worry about it. But... I could honestly see Memphis making a last-minute push. They got Jaron Jackson Jr. back recently. Uh, you got John Morant leading the way. I think they could close out the season on a hot note. I could honestly say the same thing for Golden State and San Antonio. Obviously, they've had their issues throughout the season, but they're pretty successful their past few games. Uh, both of them are 7-3 and three in the past 10. And I think it, that just makes it all more interesting because this race is possibly as close as it could get yeah and just like the bottom of the playoff race i mean right there at the top the top four seeds you can definitely say is the same thing it is extremely tight up there too and the lakers are eight games back right now from the one seed but we know that they've been hurt for majority of the season now they just got ad back and they're hoping to get lebron back soon but it doesn't look like they're really going to move from that five spot but those top four i mean it could be interchangeable, and and I'm really interested to see if the Jazz and Suns are as legit as they've been the entire season 
when it becomes playoff time. Yeah, for sure. Especially the Suns, considering uh, their struggles the past few years. And it's just really interesting to see the dynamic of Chris Paul being added to a team and then just suddenly being at the top. I love it. Chris Paul, one of the most underappreciated point guards in NBA history. I do think the Clippers are another team to keep an eye on. Paul George looking like he's playing some of the best basketball in his career lately. And that's impressive considering that he's had he's already had some amazing stretches in his career you got him you got Kawhi Leonard and you got I would say good depth around them that's a team they that can't be slept on I know they broke down in the playoffs last year but I don't know I think with Kawhi Kawhi Leonard leading the way I think things can change I do think Denver is solid as well even though they're suffering from the loss of Jamal Murray they still have insane depth and they still have in my opinion, the leading MVP candidate, Nikola Jokic, still playing MVP basketball. I think they're a team that needs to be taken serious as well. But like you said, the Lakers are, when fully healthy, uh, that's still poss- probably the team to watch in the West. I, I'm not doubting that. I just really want to see how their chemistry is after LeBron and AD taking that hiatus due to injury. Yeah, it's going to be tough for the Lakers to click right away i mean ad just came back drummond's been on and off the court since he's joined the team and when they get lebron back i mean lebron obviously we know how good he is but is he gonna be rusty i mean we just don't know but it's really making me think that this may finally be the clippers year of getting to the finals and that's something that will be very exciting because they've never been to the finals yeah man i know they i know they blew a 3-1 lead last year but I really do have high hopes for them. Something that's surprising, not really surprising, but good to see considering that, in my opinion, how much better the West has been than the East. There's another close race in this play-in tournament in the Eastern Conference as well. Yeah, you got Miami at the seventh seed. who They're only a half game behind the Boston Celtics at the sixth seed. This play-in tournament is, in my opinion, definitely as close as like close-knit as the Western Conference. What do you think about it? Yeah, I mean, this race is a little different than the Western. The 10, 11, and 12 seeds are actually what is very intriguing to me. You got Washington at 27 and 34. They're the 10th seed. The Bulls are 26 and 35, and so are the Raptors, and they're the 11th and 12th. Now, that has a little more higher stakes than the Western Conference because that's the final spot in this play-in tournament. And we know what the Bulls did earlier this year and all the trades they did to get. And they got Vucevic earlier this year, but honestly, I would really rather see the Wizards get that 10 spot. I just I just want to see Russell Westbrook in that play-in tournament. I think he could possibly absolutely dominate it and single-handedly bring the Wizards into the playoffs. Yeah, I, I agree with that Russell Westbrook point. And I also feel the same way about Bradley Beal one of the top scorers in the league right now with everything on the line. I'd really like to see how that duo would perform. With Boston improving, uh, I don't really, I don't see them falling into the mix of being in that playoff, play-in tournament. Anything can happen, of course, but I like you said, I do think the top couple of spots in the play-in tournament are a lock. It's really about that last spot. Yeah, and what's honestly really interesting Uh, interesting me in the Eastern Conference 
is the four through seven really i mean the knicks hawks celtics and heat they're all separated by two games and the knicks just went on a nine game win streak we saw that they are absolutely playing great basketball this year and no one really saw it coming the hawks have been injured the entire year don't even get me started about it but are still playing great basketball and hopefully trey young and deandre hunter will be back soon and that's even scarier to think about having two of your best players come back and you're already playing good basketball. And then you have teams like the Celtics and Heat, who last year were two of the best teams in all of basketball. And the Heat made the finals last year. It's just going to be really interesting to see how these middle seeds play out because that seven seed is going to be very important to someone so they don't have to play in, play in that playing game. Definitely. Uh, I don't know if this will come as much of a surprise to many people, but for the first time and basically since very early on in the season, the Philadelphia 76ers are not the number one seed in the East. Uh, that spot belongs to Brooklyn now. They've got it by a game. Honestly, really not surprised about it, even though Brooklyn Nets have not been fully healthy. They've just got that much firepower, but... I do think Philadelphia is they're gonna they're clear cut gonna be the two seed and that's gonna be interesting because they would be getting whoever the seventh seed is, like whoever comes out of that playing tournament. Yeah, the Nets and seventy sixers look like they're a lock at one and two and and I'm honestly looking forward to that being the Eastern Conference Finals. I think that could be just as good as the finals or even better. I mean, if both of those teams are fully healthy that series is hopefully going seven games. Definitely could. Milwaukee's definitely in the mix, too. I think that they did make improvements to their team, even if they're not leading the NBA in wins like they have been the past couple of years. And you just got Giannis still being Giannis. Can't sleep on them. I hope that they've made the adjustments for playoff time because that's when they've shown to fall apart. Yeah, and I mean, there's around 10 games left for every team this year, and it'll be very interesting to see how these last couple week or two figure out the seedings. And I'm just really looking forward to the NBA playoffs this year, and I'm look- it's and it's the first time I've been looking forward to it in a very long time. Yeah, I still I still have my uh my issues with the NBA for this season with like the top heaviness that I mentioned, but there's still a lot of exciting things to look forward to because there's still plenty of teams playing very good basketball. And this is sports. Anything can happen, of course. Obviously, there's teams that look like they have the advantage, but that's why we love the underdog. And that was it for another episode of the Pre-Roll Takes Podcast. We hope you all enjoyed. If you guys want, you can follow me at my personal Twitter at C underscore Sanchez underscore five. And you can follow me at ahend2215, and you can also follow our podcast at PRT Podcast. Once again, we hope you all enjoyed this, and we hope you look forward to the next episode. Peace. Peace.